Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack, and today we're here to talk all about like applications, interviews, resumes, what to do as a leader, how to hire people, like how to take, how to like be accepted in part of that, and then how to be part of that interview process as well. So today we're going to be talking all about that kind of stuff because we have got just a ton of things to chat about because of what's been going on in the world. So cue up theme song. We'll be right back. The big question is this, how are leaders like us who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the middle of the pack. Awesome! I'm so glad you guys are still here. Like, it's so exciting when you don't leave after you hear what we're going to be talking about. I know there's a lot of you that are like, I don't hire anybody. Or maybe you're like, I'm not looking for a job. Or maybe you're just like, uh, well, um, I don't know if I want to listen to this. So if you left, you're lost. If you're still here, awesome. So stoked you guys are still here. So let's talk a little bit about like what's been going on in my life because I like to relate things back to me. And the reason that is, is because if I'm going through them, I, I believe in the, in the process of document don't create. So like whenever I create content, I'm not actually creating content. I'm documenting what's going on, which is really cool because there's other people that are going to be going through what we're going through right now as well. So one of the things that I want to chat a little bit about is like, we've been hiring and, and actually it's kind of crazy what's been going on. So we, I, I don't know if you know this, but we got approved for this amazing grant through the state of Colorado. It's for advanced industries technology because we've got a software in the transportation industry that's like making it waves. And that software is called Dot Docs, D-O-T-D-O-C-S.com. And it automates compliance as well as like a learning management system. And our end goal for this is our end vision is like huge. And what I mean by huge is like way bigger than what most people even think about on a daily basis or, or like lifetime basis is what we want to do. And is more we talk about, the more excited I get and the more options we have to help serve our customers more. Um, but with that, we're, we have the ability to bring some stuff in-house and hire some new people. So that's super cool. All right. And so I got to say this, like we really started hiring for two positions. We were going to hire somebody for marketing, which is like helping us build our live events and help make those more often and help make it better and help to do more of them in more areas. And I've got some big goals and dreams for that kind of stuff. They're also going to be overtaking like overpaid advertising and they're going to be doing some content creation and working with our social media person to be able to make it all that stuff happen. And they're going to be helping me write like content for emails and they're going to help us hone in our blogs. And maybe we'll write more blogs more than one a week. Maybe we'll go to like two a week. Maybe they'll write one a week and I'll write one a week. Maybe there's going to be more stuff that goes on with them, but like there's a lot of stuff that this marketing position is going to do, which is super cool. Okay. Now the second thing is the developer. Now as a developer, the, the kind of type of person we're looking for there is somebody who can actually lead a team onshore and offshore who can like help us grow our and bring our development more in-house. Right now we've been third partying, third so outsourcing all of our software development. And we have this huge plan and dream and goal for what our software development should look like. And it, it's a lot more than just dot docs, right? Like it's it's like it's huge, right? And we have all these plans and kind of marketing goes with that as well. And I'm not going to share those plans with you right now. You're just going to have to stay tuned in because like, it's so exciting, but I've learned one thing and that's that you don't tell people what you're going to do before you do it. 
you do it and then let them see what's going on. Because if you tell them what's going to happen, then guess what happens? Somebody else will steal what you're doing, especially if you're, you're out on making it happen. So anyways, we're, we're looking for this developer and this developer we're looking for is like we are all of our, if you're a developer and you're listening to this, I, that's awesome. I love it. But like our, our software is written in a couple different codes, like PHP and Laravel. And it's got, it's got some other stuff on the front end, like jQuery and HTML and bootstrapped and CCS and stuff like that. And, and I had no idea about any of this stuff. Like I still don't have any idea what it is. I've, I've written probably less than 20 lines of code in my entire life. I have written code. So I can say that I've written code because I built a website a long time ago before we had all these drag and drop editors like WordPress and stuff like that. And I actually had to go in and write code and write JavaScript and make stuff happen. And it was crazy fun, but it took me forever and it was all self-taught. So like I built like one website, I doubt it's even still up there. I doubt we even still have so many. It was like centerpointcdl.com or something like that. Um, and I built a few other websites as well. But my, my point is, is like, what I had built was very, very limited. It, it might be more than 20 lines of code, but, but I don't, I didn't have no idea what I was writing in. I was only writing front end code, not back end code. I wasn't actually building software that was huge. So whenever I started interviewing for this developer position, I literally asked somebody, I was like, okay, so what code are we written in? Okay. And then, and then what's our back end code? What's our front end code? Cause there's two different codes. It's not, it's not just one. It's not like you just write a code. It's like, okay, here's the back end. This is the support. And then here's the front end. This is what everybody sees. And then, and now we're talking about like adding AI into it and all this other stuff. Okay. So I, I didn't have any idea about developing. I didn't have any idea about developers or code writing or anything like that. Like I said, I'd, I'd written literally a handful of code my entire life. Um, and so when I started interviewing these people, it was, it was crazy because it was so hard for me to interview them because they came in and, and I would start having a conversation with them and, and I would say, Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. And they would go straight into the detail of like everything that was going on and everything that they're doing and where they're at and all their experience. And like, Oh yeah, I've got PHP and I've been writing it blah, blah, blah. And I've got blah, blah, blah. And I wrote in this and I've, I've got this backend experience and I've been doing this and I've built these programs and we're doing this. And currently I'm here and I'm doing this, or maybe I'm not employed. And I, you know, I used to work for these guys and I worked and they're like naming off all these big names that I, I probably should have known, but I didn't. Right. I didn't. Anyways, so like I learned a little bit as I talked to them, I, I would let them teach me and I would absorb what they were telling me. And as you can tell, I, I didn't absorb very much, <laughs> but I absorbed a lot enough after like the first two or three interviews that I could actually carry on a conversation with some of these other developers that were going on and, and have it like I could ask intelligent questions. Okay. And then my next question in interview is always this, and this is something that you really need to be prepared for, okay? Because this is huge, this is huge, and this is gonna tell how much research you did as a candidate, and as, as an employer who's hiring, it tells how much research they've done on you, how motivated they truly are to come work for you. So my next question is always this, and I phrase it in a way that's a little bit weird, okay? But, but listen to this, okay? So my first question is like, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself, and then they go into a, a five-minute spiel, three-minute spiel, depending on the person, 30 seconds if they're not a very good talker um, it, about themselves. And then the next question is literally this. So I don't repeat myself. Tell me what you know about our company and then I'll fill in the gaps. Do you see how that question's phrased, right? Like a lot of people just be like, hey, tell me what you know about us. That is like the worst way to ask a question in an interview because you're just flat out going, hey, what research did you do? What do you know about us? 
what how long have you been looking at us like blah 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 what did you look at and and it's kind of crazy like i asked this question the way that i the way that i just gave it to you you know and that was do you remember yeah you've already forgotten right i know i forget too all the freaking time that's why i ask it different every single time so maybe a little bit different this time hey tell me what you know about us that way i can fill in the gaps and you know make sure we know where we're at and we're all on the same page and here's what that does that tells me how much research they've done on me personally as well as our brand as well as our company and it's funny because some people will be like oh yeah dot department of transportation so you deal with like ships and planes no don't touch ships and planes at all i mean i'm a pilot but like we don't do anything with them right and then we've got other people they're like they've actually gone and done some research and they they can like they've they're super smart they've looked at one or two blogs that i've written and they pulled it off we had one person that was like hey so I noticed like you guys do DOT and you work with companies who use trucks in their business, right? But I've also noticed you got this huge faith part of your business. Like there's a verse at the bottom of every single one of your websites. And like, you've got this Christian based nonprofit called God first, and you've built this software called dot docs. And you know what? Those people almost always get converted to the second interview because here's the thing. They took the time to do the research. They didn't come in and go, oh, well, really, I didn't do much. I just kind of like showed up. I'm just here. I'm not really committed to getting this job. I don't really care. It's, I'm not really looking for a career. I just want more money, right? They're just feeling the market. They're dipping their big toe in the water. They're not ready to jump in. As somebody who hires, who goes all in, you know what I want? I want people who go all in. I don't want somebody who's going to dip their toe in the water and see if it's warm. I want someone who's going to be like, all right, cannonball. My camera's slow. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I want somebody that's going to just go dive in with me head first. That's what I want whenever I hire. That's, that's the type of people I want on my team. I want people who are all in. I don't want people who are reserved. They're going to be like, oh, uh, well, I was going to do that. But uh, it didn't. Uh, it's, uh, it seemed like a lot of work. Right? That's not what I'm after. I want people that are like all in, 100% committed, ready to go. They're looking for it. They're innovative. They're looking for solutions. They're not looking for problems. They're looking for solutions. If you go back and look at every single episode that I've done, that's the type of people I look for. I don't want people identical to me. I want people who compliment me. Okay? I do not want another extremely high D individual. I do not want a 98D individual. I don't. I don't want them in my business. ADD? Okay. 80, not ADD. 80% D on your disc. Go back, listen to the disc episode. You'll get what I'm talking about here. Okay. I want that. I want people who are high C, depending on what job they're in. I want people who are high S or high I, depending on what job they're in, right? I want people who are combination SDC, IDC, uh, DSI, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I want them to be on that scale of disc. And if you're 100% lost to these acronyms, check out disc profile, right? And then you'll learn a little bit more about what I'm talking about. I did a whole episode on it. We're actually, I think we might even build a course on disc assessments and like hiring for managers and stuff like that. I haven't decided. I kind of like courses. I kind of don't like courses. We might just do like a membership thing where we can get people in and then we do like a weekly meet and greet on, on like a Facebook live or something like that, or a zoom meeting and, and people pay to be a part of that. I don't know we're, we're talking about. There's like so much fun stuff going on right now. Anyways. So, so like, if you're interested in that, shoot me an email, leave me a message, drop me something because I would love to kind of get that going and do a couple people on the ball and like start rolling that out. Oh my gosh, that'd be so fun to be able to do some of this stuff. Anyways, um, my point is, is like, 
I, I have a way that I do interviews and my, and my interviews aren't the way that everybody else does them, but they're all very similar. Okay. And, and here's the thing. Do you guys feel my energy right now? Do you feel this? How would you feel if you were interviewing for a job and the person you're talking to has this type of energy? You're going to be excited about the potential for that position, right? You're not going to be like, oh, well, I guess that might be okay. No, you're going to be like, oh, man, this is wicked. Oh, my God, we're going to go so far. We're going to do so much. It's going to be so awesome. Because you've got to have energy when you talk to people. And I'm not saying you've got to be like over the top bubbly with energy. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't not be yourself. Okay. But if yourself is like Eeyore, no offense to the Eeyores of the world, because I know several Eeyores, but they're like, well, you know, this is a good job. We don't move fast, but we work steady and we don't get a lot of pay raises, but we work hard. Are you going to be excited to go to work for that place? Probably not, right? So as the interviewer, okay, the person conducting the interview, you have to lead and steer that interview where you want it to go. And when, when somebody gets way off track talking about themselves, more than what you want to hear, you got to be like, hey, that's awesome. I'm going to steer this conversation for a minute. Right? And then take it and steer it and be in control of that conversation. And, and you have to have energy. You have to bring the energy to the room that you want them to see about the company. Does that make sense? Like you need to be excited about it. You can't just be like, oh, well, we've had 50 million people apply for this job and uh, we got our pick of the world. So good luck getting through. That's not going to be any good. That's going to be useless. You're not going to excite them. But if you come in, you're like, oh my gosh, we had so many applicants apply for this. I'm so glad that we got the opportunity to interview you. Thank you for joining in, right? Thank you for taking time to be here. You're showing them that you're serving them, right? Does that make sense? Are you guys getting this? Right? Totally. I know. It's so awesome the way this works. So as an interviewer, you want to be kind of prepared. Like don't have your questions written down. Don't go off a script. Scripts suck. Okay. I've, some people love scripts. Scripts suck because scripts are rehearsed. Scripts are not okay. Don't do scripts. Be, be yourself. Okay. But you can have bullet points. You can be like, okay, these are the questions I want to ask everybody. But don't be like, I'm going to ask them exactly this way in this order and blah, 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 blah. A couple months ago, we were doing interviews for CDL trainers. And um, I'm kind of glad we didn't hire anybody. But we had a couple people that were on the hook. And we were, we were I was I liked one guy really a lot. Um, we did two interviews in person as a team. After it, not in person, but like via Zoom. And uh, one of the guys was super good. And we, we kind of it got a little bit more personal with the interview. And then the other guy, he, he just kind of... I don't know how to explain it. Like he didn't, he, it's not that he came off the wrong way or, or rubbed us the wrong way or anything like that, but he was, he, uh, for, for lack of better words, he wasn't as polished and, and we couldn't get as personal with him. Right. He didn't, he didn't open up the doors for us to get personal. And I have to laugh because one of my, the guy, the guy who was with us, who was training at the time, um, I brought him into the interviews to, cause I like to include people on my team to make sure that my opinion's not skewed to make sure that we're on the right track and we're moving in the right direction. And, and he's like, we got done. And he goes, cause we always have a group meeting afterwards, these team interviews, we got done. And you know what he says? He's like, well, we didn't ask the first guy, the same questions as the second. So, uh, how do we know they're equal? You kind of gave that second guy a better chance. It's like, you liked him more. It's like, well, you opened up more. We got into him more. Of course I like him more now because the first guy was like very standoffish, very hard to deal with. 
right? And he was upset because it wasn't identical. It wasn't done exactly the same. And I was just, I was just like, dude, I get where you're coming from. I get what you're saying, but like, why are you bringing this up? Right? Why does this matter? And and that's what you got to remember being the interviewer is that not interviews are equal. Not, not all interviews are equal. Not everything is equal. It's not, it's not about doing it exactly the same. And I know somebody's gonna be like, Dan, you're doing it wrong. You just committed a whole bunch of violations. But here's the thing, like, life is not equal. Life is not fair. It shouldn't be fair. Right? There are people who work way harder than others. And, and this is going to go off topic a little bit. But as a leader, you need you need to understand this. Okay? There are people who work 100 hours a week, but accomplish two hours worth of work. There are people who work two hours a week and accomplish 100 hours worth of work. Life is not equal. Right? It's not about everybody doing exactly the same. That is not the way God designed us. That is not the way he designed this world. He designed this world for us to go out and bust it and grind and get smarter and learn and have faith in him. Right? And trust that he's going to give us guidance and tell us where we need to go and that we're going to learn lessons. That's what it's all about. It's not about fairness. Everybody wants fair. Life is not fair. The world is not fair. It will never be fair. It has never been fair, and it, it's never going to be fair in the future. And if it is, scares the crap out of me. Because you know what? There are a lot of lazy people out there that don't work near as hard as I do, and they want everything I have and then some. As a leader, as a position, anywhere that I'm at, I'm not talking about possessions. I'm talking about, like, statue and where you stand and what people think about you and, and where you're at in the community community and what you give back and what you do. How many people out there have thought, man, I should start a podcast and they never do. I did. I was one of those people for like two years, right? How many people thought, oh, I should start this nonprofit and they never do. How many people thought, oh, I should start this business, but they never do. You have to be an action taker. And in an interview, you have to be an action taker as well. You have to be willing to take action in the interview. And as an interviewee, you have to be willing to take action before, during, and after the interview. Right. One of the worst things that you can do, one of the worst things in the world you can do, in my opinion, is sit there in an interview and when given the opportunity to ask questions, never ask questions. Always have one or two questions lined up in your head, whether you're the interviewer or the interviewee. Always have a few questions being like, oh, hey, yeah, this is it. And if, if all your question gets answered, that's 100 percent cool. That's 100 percent legit. Man, I had these questions, but like you answered them just by casual conversation. So like I could lie and come up with some more questions, but like you've actually answered all the questions that I've had. That's legit. That's legit. But when you sit there and you're like, hmm, yeah, I got better stuff to do than this. I really shouldn't be here. That's like useless, right? And 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 like be engaging, be interactive, be there. Shut down everything else on your computer. Stop doing everything else and be there for that interview, especially if it's via Zoom. In today's remote world, we got too much stuff going on all around us. We need to shut it all down and pay attention to where we're at. And if you're the interviewee, you dang sure better not have anything else open on your computer. And if you're the interviewer, you shouldn't be working on anything else either. You should be focused on that interview. You should devote them your time as if they were there in person to talk to you. Does that make sense? Right? How would you feel if you showed up to somebody's house and, and they didn't stop what they were doing and, and they just were like, oh yeah, blah, 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 and you hadn't seen them in years or six months or ever, right? And they invited you, they invited you to their house like you do for an interview and then they didn't stop. Or you invited them to your house and then you didn't stop 
to actually spend time with them? How would that make you feel? After you got done, you'd be like, what am I doing? This is crazy. This is craziness. Okay. So that's like, that's like the keys. And I know that I didn't give you guys like everything to that I do in interviews. And, and I, I mean, I could break the process down for you. That doesn't bother me at all. I'd love to share it with you. But the, the truth is, is like the key to being great in an interview is doing a little bit of research beforehand, being present during the interview. Okay. And this is both sides. This is both sides. Okay. Both sides of the interview. It's not just the interviewer. It's not just the person being interviewed. Okay. It's both sides. You both have to do some research. You both need to be present. You need to come equipped with a few questions. You need to have a guide as to where you're going to go, a map, where I want to be in the end of this conversation. Like if I want to go from here to here, how am I going to get here? Am I going to go this way or am I going to go this way? Right. And you got to figure out how you're going to ask those questions. And, and as an interviewer, both sides, both sides, you don't just want to be like ho-hum. You got to have some energy. And I'm not talking like over the top, super excited, going to like scare people off with your energy. But, but think about this. Like, think about this. Do I want to hire somebody who's like, oh, yeah, well, what if I found a problem that broke code and it took three months to fix? Do I want to hire that guy? Probably not, right? Probably not. Or do I want to hire the guy that's like, yeah, what if I found a problem in your code and let's say it was going to take a little bit longer to fix than we think it should? Um, how would you handle that? Do you, do you see the difference? Same question, different tone, different energy. Right? The other thing that I want you to think about is this. And, and this is my, this is more like one of my best interview questions ever as an interviewer. And this is something that throws every interviewee off. So if you're listening to this, you're going to want to write this down or take a note on this. Okay. Ask them what they think their first 30 days should look like on the job. If you're looking for somebody who's self-motivated, somebody who's going to get it done on their own, you want to ask them what their first 30 days would look like on the job in their opinion. And that's going to tell you exactly what that person is and how they're going to act and how they're going to react. I didn't do this until just recently, but because we're hiring coders and I have no idea how to code like at all or developers, I should say they're not coders, they're developers. I had, I had to reverse that question, right? I had to be like, what do you think your first 30 days would look like on the job? And I had one person actually go, well, that was a question I was going to ask you. And it's like, okay, well, I can give you my answer, but I want to hear yours first because <laughs> I don't want you to mirror my answer. And I guarantee mine's going to be a little bit different than yours because I think for myself, right? Like I don't want somebody to go like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. That's exactly what I want. I want people to give me their opinion and then me to give me theirs, me to give them theirs, mine. I want people to give me their opinion and then me to give mine to them. And I want to see how they react, how they change. If they go, oh yeah, that seems doable. Or, oh no, man. Oh, oh, yeesh. oh, oh. Because remember these interviews, they're, they're two ways. It's not just somebody that wants to come to work for you. You got to make them come to want to work for you. You got to make them want to join your team. You got to make them be part of that. And what I mean by make them is invite them. I'll be like, hey, you got to be a part of this team or I'm going to kick your butt. Oh, I'm big and bulky. I'm not that big, but you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't, you don't want to be that person. You want to be the person who's great or the person who invites them in, the person who's warm, who's excited, who they want to be around. The leader, you have to be the leader they want to be led by. Let me say that again. You have to be the leader the leader they want to be led by. And how do you become that person? You become the leader you want to be led by. 
So in order to be the leader others want to be led by, you have to be the leader that would lead you. The person you want to follow, the person you want to be like, you have to become like them. Understanding, fair, compassionate, empathetic, tolerant to an extent, but not over tolerant. You don't deal with bullcrap. Maybe you're straight, direct, and to the point, right? That's the keys to success as a leader. And if you're looking to interview for a position, don't talk yourself in circles. If you're an interviewer, don't talk yourself in circles. I love, one of the things, this is, this is the last tip I'm going to give you. <laughs> one of the things that I love doing is I love a little bit of awkward silence. Because it tells me how people react. Are they uncomfortable when it gets silent? Do they go into thinking mode? Or do they go into reaction mode? And I want somebody that goes into thinking mode. Because when they're when when I say when I pull a Henry Ford or an Elon Musk and I say I want eight cylinders in this engine in this single engine and not in a row, I need it to be in this size frame, like Henry Ford did, right? Whenever I do what Elon Musk did, and they say, "Yep, here's this part for one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. We can buy it for this," and he goes, "Here's five grand. Go build it. I know you can build it for that. Go figure out how to build it for five thousand dollars to save cost and to bring in manufacturing in house." I want people who don't go, well, I can't do that. Blah, 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 and they start talking in circles. I want somebody that goes, okay, I have permission to figure this out. I'm going to do everything in my power to figure this out. So I love that awkward silence because it gives people, gives me the opportunity to see how people react. Do they go straight into talking or do they go into thinking mode? Are they proactive or reactive? I want proactive people. I want people who find solutions, not problems. Does that make sense? That's what you should want as a leader too. You don't want somebody that just discovers problems. We hate those people. Don't be the person that just discovers problems. Be the person that discovers solutions. Don't say, hey, I've got a problem. Nobody can get through my software. It's super hard to use. It's clunky. Okay, we got a problem. Nobody can get through my software. What are we going to do? We're going to create an avatar. We're going to do this. We're going to create guidance. We're going to create movies. We're going to create videos. We're going to create how-tos. We're going to create blogs. We're going to create blah, 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 right? And we're going to start creating all that stuff. And it's going to be awesome. So I hope that you guys got a lot out of this. I hope that you learned a lot. I hope that you, I hope that you like kind of figured out a little bit of both sides of the interview process, what you should be doing as a leader, what you should be looking for. Like there was some gold in here. Like I want to take some notes on what I wrote down on what I said, but like one of the things that sticks out to me the most, and I want to leave you on this thought. Okay. This is the very last thought. I promise. I've already said it to be the leader that leads others. You have to become the person that you want to be led by. Create that leader within yourself. And then others will naturally follow you. Does that make sense? All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this. If you didn't, what are you still doing here? You shouldn't have wasted that much time. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. What a waste of time. If you did like it, give us a review. Subscribe to us. Share this with a friend. I would love to see this spread all over the world. The way that the testimony of Christ got spread was through word of mouth. 100%. Okay? All right, guys. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye.